0: Let's rock it this Let's I rock got one rock. thing to say. This is when the Big Dog's the world.
1: It's the, it's the T.C.
0: The Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. My diagnosis. Prognosis. Osmosis.
2: Say what?
0: It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in.
2: It is a Wednesday edition of the Equalizer here, or the... Equalizer Part Two. What am I talking about? Anybody see the Equalizer? Denzel Washington, phenomenal. So you should see Nunchuck before he gets on it. You know, radio is the theater of the mind. You wonder, okay. Well, first of all, what does Nunchuck look like? Well, you go to the website. You still won't even see because you up. still can't see. We're gonna get that other picture. But anyway, the Equalizer. When Denzel's ready to to kill someone, what's he do? He like lines everything up, very meticulous, and he's like, okay, counting. That's like, okay, this is eighteen seconds. Remember that Equalizer? It's one of the best, and it actually even a very good sequel too, with Equalizer Two. But that's Nunchuck Before the show starts, he's like trying to line everything up because he's afraid he's going to get yelled at by a certain someone.
0: I wonder who that would be.
2: <laughs> so it's like you remind me of the Equalizer today. Yeah, Way to go, Denzel? All right. Wednesday edition of the show. Glad to have you with us. Oh, yes. It's a a fun day, Wednesday. Why is it a fun day? Well, because we have a lot of fun guests today, like we normally do. But today, we go Steve Berline, we go Trevor Maddich, we talk NFL football, playoffs, divisional round, always fun with those guys, and then Heidi Fang. There it is.
0: One of these things is not like the other. Right. One of these things just doesn't belong. <laughs> Are you?
2: <laughs> kind of like me and you, you know? What was that? I mean, this is a guy that never got on the mic. I would, like, forbid him to get on the mic. Now he's so comfortable getting on the mic, he's singing, like, nursery rhymes, and that was horrendous. That was horrible. That That belongs like Terrible Tuesday. I don't know what the heck that was. But, uh... Commend you, numchuck for, you for you know, coming out of your shell today. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? I, I'm sitting here telling you how meticulous you are, and then and now you're doing this nonsense? What are you doing?
1: This song.
2: What is this, from public television? Channel 6, what is this? Channel 10, what is this? Things
1: is not like the others.
0: One of these things does that LeVar Burton? I mean, who is that? this? That's me. It is. See? you ring it up for me then. I mean, there it is.
2: Okay? Okay, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. All right. How am I supposed to do a semi-serious sports talk show when I got that going in the background? Jeez. All right. All right. We're starting all over the place, but hey, that's quite all right. Yes. Heidi Fang, when she comes on the show, she does a fantastic job with the Las Vegas Review Journal. Of course, Heidi is a, you know one of the directors of content there. She has all kinds of uh, great videos, um, covers the Raiders, UFC, everything else. But for some reason, when we have Heidi on the show and we want to get serious and talk to her about the Raiders, something awry always happens. As she ends up car broken down, and then she feels guilty, so she she calls us from the side of the freeway or...
0: At a a phone store. A
2: a phone store, the library, she has her kid, forgot to return a library book, some (laughs) other nonsense like that. She gets kicked out of the library. Uh, She gets kicked out of the Raiders facility because she was too loud. Remember that? She got locked out of Raiders. She got locked out. Yeah, they're in Henderson. So, I'm just prefacing this and warning everybody when Heidi Fang comes on the show, bad things happen. Usually, bad things to her happen. So be prepared for nonsense galore and many Heidiisms, as I like to call it. There it is. So Heidi Fang will join us today. All right. So, uh, yeah, a lot to hit on today. So we will be talking about the NFL divisional round. We got four, should be very good Playoff games, we start handicapping those for the rest of the week. All right. Shout out to my man, Jam Master Jason, as I like to call him. Jam Master Jason, I'm telling you, you're looking for someone to wash your car, detail your car. Nothing better than Lucky Seven Car Wash, I'm telling you. Southeastern and Sunridge Heights. Jam Master Jason, my man. now, go, go see Jason. He's a Red Sox fan. More likely, he'll have a Red Sox hat on or maybe a Red Sox shirt. And then there's his tag team partner, Hector. Now, I think I've talked about Hector on the show before. Yeah, You know, yeah, exactly. Hector has the Houston Astros hat on. And so when I had my Houston Astros hat on when, I, when I, during the World Series, Jam Master Jason was giving him a bad time saying, look at this, man. He had no idea that the Houston Astros hat was the Houston Astros hat. Why was he wearing the Astros hat? Because it had an H on it for Hector. There it is. There it is. Every time I see Hector, he's got the Astros hat on. It looks pristine. But remember, that H stands for for Hector, not Houston. There it is. There it is, my man. Jam Master Jason lucky seven car wash shout out to those guys uh they take care of the doctor uh fine detail jobs i'm telling you Chuck. if you had a car you go see jam master jason and hector over at lucky seven car wash they're the guys my guys all right is always coming out looking pristine, to be too. Clean. Go with the vanilla the air freshener, too. Vanilla more, is the key, I'm telling you. Vanilla's faster. good. A a little lemon's faster. okay, too. Clean car, okay. Not much for the cherries. Not much for the fruity stuff, you know? I'll go for some fruity drinks. I'll go for some plain fruit. But I'm not a fruity guy when it comes to air fresheners. There it is. The meticulous one, numchuck on the wheels of steel there. Run DMC, Jam Master, Jason, Lucky 7 Car Wash. My guys, check them out.
1: Run. All right.
2: We're off to a good start today, right? There it is. All right. What else you want to talk about, Chuck?
0: I don't know. What else, we, before, what else is, before, before, is there to Before talk we about. get cracking here, what are you talking about? What was the dinner of choice last night? Oh, the
2: dinner of choice last night. Uh yes. I saw some pictures.
0: You did? I did. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I had to go uh visit our good friends over at Juan's Flaming Fajitas. I guess there's a little shout out for them as well too. There you go. I know we all like Juan's.
0: Very good. I think I don't think there's anybody in Vegas that doesn't like Juan's. You know you're right. And you know, I'm I'm pretty uh
2: pretty picky as you well know. Uh as you know, uh the football crew, the TC Martin show football crew, the quarterback and the handicapper, we've been going to a, a, a different Mexican establishment that, uh, give them a little props to Bob Miguel's over in South Point, uh, got hip to them recently. And the quarterback, one of the quarterbacks. Well, I better say that. Be careful because the other quarterbacks coming on the show today. Yeah. Yeah. Burline's coming on the show today. Schrader likes that. Berline would like it too. I mean, Berline likes it. Everything, but you know, we just have our places. Burline comes, his blue ribbon, throw down on the, on the fried chicken. You know, the chicken wings. Best of all time. Of all time. All right. So yeah, we have we have our spots. No question. But um it's better than the Mexican joint that I talked about before, right? Used to be one of my all time favorites. But I quit going because of uh the meat. I told you that story before, didn't I? I don't think you did. Oh no. This is this is this is this is historic. I mean, I, I could have swore I've talked about it. About, Maybe okay. you did. Uh, well, you won't. Okay. Yeah. So I was in love with this place.
0: Oh, when no. You, you to told me. Okay. You would, yeah, you, you've told the story. Yeah. All right.
2: Now I got, I'm probably going to have to tell it again. Do because,
0: it again. Just okay. do it anyway. Uh,
2: okay. Because people are going, what, what's he talking about? All right. So, yes, I'm a creature of habit. I love shredded beef. Okay. And you have to have a good quality of shredded beef for me. I love my shredded beef. Enchiladas, shredded beef tacos, shredded beef taquitos—all about the shredded beef. Some people are chicken, some people are car—you know the uh, uh, the the pork. All right, carnitas. I'm a shredded beef guy. All right, not so much ground beef. Give me some good, succulent shredded beef. All right.
0: Do you like the shredded beef from? I and I hate to say this. Go ahead. From from Roberto's. You know it's funny you say that because I had that two nights ago. Uh, and when I'm in a
2: pinch. You know, uh, taking stuff home to go watch the game. Yeah, and that's what I did the other night uh, for the football game. I do, I do. I wouldn't classify it is
0: is top five material, top three. I wouldn't put him there. Well, no, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be like the Mexican McDonald's. Is that really? It's supposed to be like a fast food. It's supposed to be like okay. It's supposed to be a a tier above Taco Bell. All right, so
2: I'm going a little place here, so please bear with me, but that's what we do here. So. You bring up that place, right? Yeah. Say, when I first came back to Vegas, you know, 2015, I was going to Roberto's a lot because it was good. It was convenient. I thought it was good. And it reminded me of a couple of the places I used to go to in Sacramento. True story here. So I never say Roberto's because I always screw it up. I mess it up. Because it's almost identical, and I'd be very curious to see same ownership or whatever. Is it Alberto's? Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. So there's like Al. They have Alberto's in in Sacramento, and I think they have them here too. And then there was like Al Don Berto's, and then there was a Albertos, and so I always mess it up. So I will call Roberto's Alberto's a lot, and people will look at me like, "What are you talking about?" It's the same. It's thing. the same it's thing. It's the same thing. It really is. Now their shredded beef is is okay. It's good. It'll do. I'll tell you what I do like. They pile on the cheese. Yes. And here's another thing. I do like hot salsa, spicy salsa, but there's this fire. Yes. I mean, fire as in fire in your mouth. Okay. And even for yours truly, who likes it a little hot and spicy, it's a little too hot and spicy for me. And then when you go with the green, so that's my problem with those guys. They don't have the happy medium. They don't seem to have that happy medium, and yeah, so I'd be very careful because a lot of times if you go Coke or Pepsi, especially with the Pepsi, yeah, with the hot salsa, that just adds the sting to it. So I found myself now having to go water H two O to put out the fire from Aldobertos, Robertos at Aldon Donbertos, whatever you call it.
0: What? Secret tip. Secret. You got one. Yeah. Go mix. No. What do you got? Horchata. What? What? What's that? You've never had horchata? Is that a beer? No.
2: Oh, Because the lady at the bar said something like that the other night and was trying to explain to the bartender at Wands what uh, something chato is. It, it was some beer and a a, lime or something a, a like miguelata? that. A She didn't say me She probably meant to. Is, it, yeah. is that like beer and lime or something it, like it's that? It's
0: beer, lime, and tomato sauce or tomato juice. That, that's disgusting. But maybe that's what she meant.
2: But what she got, she, she ended up getting a beer with lime in it. I don't, I don't know.
0: Horchata is yeah. like uh, rice water. Rice, rice, right, right, rice. Like they wash off the rice, and it's like cinnamon-ish. It's very. Well, you
2: good. want me to drink? Something that somebody it's washes off. It's not food. No, not like that. Before they serve it, it's
0: not like that. You said they wash off the it, rice. It's like the like the water from the rice. Like if it sits,
2: what? Water from the rice. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, that sounds like the Subret hot dog you get in downtown New York City. that has been sitting, that dog's been sitting for hours in that water that Magnum Chris Chapman likes all the time. We'd have these debates so about you're that. Telling me there's a chance. I don't know what you're doing over there, Mr. Equalizer. You know what you're doing? You're killing the, the equipment today is what you're doing. I here. just did. Instead of killing those Russians. I mean, you're, jeez, Turkish, whatever
0: they are. It's got water, rice, cinnamon, and sugar in it. So I suppose well, that sounds good. Like it, 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 it. So like it will. And where cu- do I get this at? Any Mexican place has Roberto's it. Roberto's has it. Yes. Does it come in a bottle? So it looks no. It's it's one of their little fount- You know how they have like the uh yeah uh frescas. Fanta. They have Fanta. <laughs> but You know how they have. Like- it's like a Fanta. It's not like a Fanta. Yeah, I don't like Fanta. This is it's more of. Fanta's like a, orange, isn't it? It's very, yeah. Well, no, there's... All right. Well, what, is this? Like a All right
2: what, what does this have to do with washing rice? When you... And you, it, and you drink it to put out the fire? Why do I feel like I'm on the $100,000 pyramid or whatever it is now? You can't, pass! Pass! You know? Pass! Hey, speaking of which, Robin Roberts, my good friend Robin Roberts, you know, Good Morning America, right? yes, we're yes. all over the place there. <laughs> I, I, I told you, Robin Roberts, uh, you know, and I were on Mori Povich together way, way, way back in the day. And I saw Robin wait, Roberts wait, hold on. fail miserably. Hold on. Uh, breaking news, what? Breaking
0: news. What? Yeah. Were you the father? <laughs>
2: no. No. <laughs> No, no, no. That was before Maury was doing that kind of stuff. This is when Maury was actually doing legit. You mean good when Maury
0: stuff. had like actual shows and it was, it it wasn't shows.
2: Just... I was on an actual show. This was on Yeah, actual show. This there. Yeah, Yeah, Roberts. Anyway, Yeah, Robin saw Robin so I saw Robin on 100,000 or the a Pyramid or whatever Isn't that what they call it? little Million Dollar Pyramid. Million bit of a
0: little was be $10,000. bit went... like of Right,
2: little bit of a celebrity version, of a was horrendous. I love Robin. a but she was horrendous. She couldn't deliver clues. She couldn't get the clues. Yeah, that was bad. But anyway, I don't know. This segment is just... It's H- all, and that's horchata okay. is... Hors- is, is We're back to this again. Okay. Go, go back
0: to that. Right. It will help. It, it, it's, it will be like the milk issue. You know what I'm saying? Like when you have the hot stuff and you have the milk. And it, yeah, yeah. It, it cures it. Okay. Instant. And they have it there.
2: They have it anywhere. Okay. All right. So anyway... I think I need to get back to my Shredded B story. Go back to your b- Shredded B before you interrupted me with all this other stuff. But that's okay. <laughs> People are follow follow the bouncing ball here. Yeah, where did it go? I don't know where it went. There it is. Uh, one, two, foot on the rope. There, there you go. One coconut, two coconut. Jimmy, Superfly snooker. There you go. All right, Roddy Roddy Piper for those scoring at home. All right, don't I, don't I get a don't I get a bell for a Hot Rod? That was good. All right. all right. So anyway, when I came back. To town in 2015, um, I, I would do the Robertos, this stuff, and then so I found this one place we well, shall go name un- unmentioned, and I feel bad because I should mention him, but I mentioned him in a bad light here. And I used to go to this place three, four times a week. I mean, that's like me and margaritas in Green Bay, you know. Oh, did I, did I tell you, by the way the the cheese sauce is still still alive? It's I still, still alive ha- the, the, the cheese, yeah, the four oh. cheese dip, the margarita dip. I'm I'm trying to pace myself to make sure I have it for the rest of this weekend. All right. So there you go with that. So anyway, can't find a four cheese day. But the closest thing was at this place where I would go three, four times a week. All right. And of course, being a regular there, you know, they would take good care of me. Great care. Loved it. But then after a while, I got kind of tired of just I think I went too much. And I and I and I blamed the problem that I'm about to tell you about because I thought, well, it's just me. It's my taste buds are off or whatever, right? So one day after having the t- the shredded beef taquitos and the tacos and the enchiladas, finally I said to one of my favorite servers there, I said, let me ask you a question. Um, where, Um, What kind of beef is this? Now, to even regress even farther, the last time I said that, what kind of beef is this? I might've told this story too. When I was in Mexico, when I was in Mexico and I was in Mazatlan up in the hills and the mountains. And the guy said, I said, what kind of, what kind of meat is this? And he goes, meat. I go, I get that. But what kind of beef or meat? And he looked at me like I had three heads and said, meat. Meat. Right. And I told you what happened. I mean, I, I didn't know what I was eating, and then you know, later on, after I left the restaurant, I see like this cow or this bull that's being transported on like a nineteen eighty five blue Toyota pickup truck going through these these dirt mountains of of Masala. And I'm going like, is that what I just ate, or, or what 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 did I eat? I know I I had no idea what I ate. So at that point in time, going back whatever it was 10, 15 years ago, I I was I really like to question. The beef now, all right, and I don't know what I ate that day in Mazatlan, but anyway, so I said to the server at this restaurant, "What kind of beef is this?" He goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "Well, you know, is it, you know, is it shredded sirloin? Is it ribeye? You know, you know, what actually is this?" And he goes, "Oh, he goes, "Uh," he goes goes, from from a can." (laughs) I, I go, "What?" Oh what what? And he's like laughing. I go, I go. No seriously, seriously. What kind of meat is? Goes. dude, I'm telling you, it's it's from a can. He goes. You want me to show you? I go, Hold on. Bring the manager over here. So bring the manager, okay? And the manager, great guy. Got a chance, got to know him very very well over the years. And so I said, hey, um, you know, I'm sitting here talking to our server, and he's telling me. You know, I asked him what kind of shredded beef you have, and he goes, "What do you say?" <laughs> I go, oh, "Am I going to get somebody in trouble now or what?" You know, I go, "Well, you know, I was asking him if it was like sirloin, ribeye, or you know, ground chuck. You know, you know what is it?" And, and you know, I go, "So what is it?" He goes, "Well, he goes, it's out of a can." I go, "That's what he said." I go, "Seriously?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "But." He goes, it's really top-notch quality. It's from Brazil. I go, what? You're serving me shredded beef out of a can at a very fine Mexican restaurant. Yeah. I go, I don't believe it. Takes me into the back room. And what do I see there? Cans of shredded beef. And where's the sell? What's it say on it? From Brazil. Had like the flag on it. Where's Pele when you need him? May he rest in peace. Okay, so now, you, Mr. Paranoia that I am, going back to Mazala and everything else, I'm thinking, are all these Mexican restaurants doing this? Dude, it was the last time I ate there the last time i, I don't blame you one i bit. disappeared and these poor guys i had one of my favorite servers bartenders managers owner didn't really care so much for but anyway because i didn't like the way the owner treated a lot of the employees but i really liked their food so i started telling the rest of my friends about this and they are, are, you, are you kidding me so then they start boycotting the place and then my one friend Kept going back because his wife kept wanting to go back and the family and this and that. And they would go back, but they would order chicken and not the beef. So, anyway. Did you ask what the chicken was? No, because I, I don't do yeah. But I just, I was done. I would have just been like, what's the chicken? So, anyway. Now, you're acting like me, right? Pretty yeah. normal. Yeah. Do you know of any other Mexican restaurant that would do that? But, no. But you don't know, do you? 'Cause you probably haven't worked in some of these kitchens. You don't know what they serve, right? No. All right. So when I started going to other places, I started asking them and they look at me like, Well, what? Yeah, it's you know, you know, it's fresh beef, it's this and that, boom, boom, boom. So I would tell them the story. They were flabbergasted. They had no idea that the restaurants were serving canned beef like that. But this is true. I saw it with my own eyes. So now am I a snob for that? Not one bit. I don't think so. Not one right? bit. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm really, so, you know, you, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a hot dog connoisseur. I'm a iced tea connoisseur. I think I'm becoming now a shredded beef connoisseur. Yeah, Steak connoisseur. I'm, I'm, I'm that too, as well. French fry connoisseur. But now, oh, and of course a milkshake connoisseur. Any more connoisseurs I got in there? Exit. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I only say, I only put connoisseur there if I'm very serious about it. So uh, you know, cat, hamburger. No, I'm not. I'm, that's, I'm casual with that, but yeah, I, I think I'm becoming shredded because I'll tell you why. There's another place that I'm have weaned off of because I've noticed that their shredded beef is a little too fatty. So now I'm kind of off of that place a little bit. So I'm telling you, these, yeah, the the, the the two places I've been frequenting the most, shredded beef is spot on, spot on. Shout out anybody who's been around Las Vegas for a long, long time, they'll know what I'm talking about. And, and I and I compare it to William Jose's. William Jose's
0: back at Sam's Town. Were you here back in the day, Numchuck? Do you remember? The, the I've year? been coming here back and forth since 89. So okay. yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. William Jose's was fantastic. I mean, great. Great food, great service, everything. And then finally it went away. Uh, there at Samstown going probably about three, four years ago now. Anyway, so That would always kind of be the mark, and then my place in Green Bay just outstanding as well too. So those are kind of they were the high bar for me, and there are a lot of other great places around town. Don't get me wrong, because I've frequented a lot of them, but that was the first time I ever encountered canned beef. Just so beware. I'm just saying, people, when you go out there and you're looking at you know restaurants, don't be afraid to ask them. Now you know you've been with me, so you know, and and people are listening that've been with it know. When I go to a ballpark, what's the first thing that I that I look
0: at, and what do I ask? Well, I haven't been with you at a ballpark. That's right. Okay. So, but but you, I've heard eno- enough stories. It's the hot dog. Absolutely. It's what kind of hot dog you got? Exactly. And what, I, yeah. What kind I, I knew of hot exactly dog? what you. Yeah. It,
2: first of all, is it all beef? And ninety percent of the time, they'll the 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 the, the concessionaires at the ballpark will say, uh, "I don't know, I don't know."
0: Exactly. Okay. Well, go ask.
2: How do you not know when you serve? thousands of hot dogs a day what kind of hot dog well the manager knows because the manager gets it out of the cases and this and that see that's not a good sign so i tell you those hot dogs have been sitting, sitting on, there for- you know you know like the seinfeld episode in that movie theater yeah on that rotisserie forever right second day in a row we've had two seinfeld references right yeah we got the mango at the mango george yeah i had someone ask me they heard the show yesterday and they go what was that mango story and I go, "What? you never saw that episode?
0: It's I mean, it's a great episode.
2: It's a great episode. The mango. Yes. Exactly. They go, are you sure it wasn't pineapple? Of course I'm sure it wasn't pineapple's mango. I watched the episode. I know the episode inside out. That, that mango is like a, like a vitamin B12 shot, right? To get that erection up, right? They didn't use that word. George didn't use that word, did he? No. Or Kramer. What? I said it. That's right. Where was I going with this? Okay. Yeah. Where did I leave off at?
0: Oh, the hot dogs, right? You you left off at the erection. So
2: (laughs) that's where you'd like me to leave off. All right. So she said, all right. Anyway, yeah, you got to know the hot dog. So I'm a hot dog connoisseur, snob, the whole bit. Call it what you want. All right. And don't get hot dogs in a movie theater. All right. Going back to the Seinfeld episode. They've been on the rotisserie forever or it's 7-Eleven. How about that? You go, you go on to go grab a soda, a Slurpee or something. <laughs> gotta like the Slurpee. You know, you go ahead and you go get a beer in a, in a 7-Eleven or something. You don't get the hot dog there. How they get nachos there? You stamp the AMPMs.
0: Nachos. I'm just hold on. The nachos at 7-Eleven are not bad. You know why? No. Because it's why? It, it, they're okay. Anybody who plans a meal at a 7-Eleven, I'm not saying you plan a you meal. If you
2: plan a meal at a gas station,
0: you're a horse. I, in I have had 7-Eleven nachos. You know why? Because I'm here and it's right there. Okay. But it's a bag. You open the bag and you put the cheese on it. It's not like open it's, a bag. So it's like a so they you know like the. And, uh, the, the, the containers that they put, like yeah. normal nachos. Th- those in. chips were were made two months ago. <laughs> months? Yeah. I'd probably say two years ago. <laughs> but but
2: you know. And you're going to eat that. <laughs> I mean. You, I brought you the creme de la creme, the did. Cadillac of chips. And, yeah. And they they were made that morning.
0: They weren't made that morning, but. Well, Monday morning. Monday morning, wait, wait, yeah. Before I, I came I, over I, on yeah. the plane, yeah. Yes. But you're eating bags out of chips. I mean, but I'm, chips out but of But I'm just saying. You've been there for two years. I've had to do it for emergencies okay. you know like i'm hungry okay i'm gonna go over there and i understand i understand
2: ask about the hot dog okay At, what kind of hot dog okay the vienna is the cadillac number two is nathan's number three is hebrew national i'll eat i'll eat those okay these sabret water dogs and, and the ballparks you know armor forget about it not happening man so anyway yes so now i'd be I, i've got into that now start going to these restaurants and I'm asking and it doesn't stop there it's the steak too even though it says filet mignon or new york ribeye I, I've gotten I'm, I'm that guy now I'm that guy it says okay is it choice or prime and if that server has to say I gotta go to the back and check I'm out I'm out
0: have an appetizer that's it so are, are, are you saying that you're kind of a male Karen no milk. No, 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 no. no. That's it's like if, the, if something's bad, are you go. Are you asking for the manager instantly? If something's bad, yeah.
2: No, it's not like that. Okay. I, I'm before I'm ordering. I'm just asking what type of meat or beef it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm doing. And again, so I, I, I've graduated. I've not gone. You know, I'm I'm done with choice. I won't get steaks out of the grocery store anymore. It have to be prime minimum or the grass fed or the wagyu. I'm. I admit it. That's not being a male Karen. That's just being a snob or just knowing what you want to eat, what you like, okay? You should always eat what you like, all right? Plain simple. If it costs a little bit more, I normally okay, do. then, you know, curb your, not only your, your enthusiasm, but, you know, curb your spending, you know, something like, like you, Chuck. okay? Go enjoy a nice steak. Get a Wagyu, okay? You're going to pay an extra maybe 20 bucks. That's okay. Cut down on a pack of cigarettes. Do that. And th- there it is. Wait, hold on. Cut down on about six monsters. Okay.
0: That'll be it. You, I you, quit you sacrifice there. There you go. Oh, good for you, Marty. All right. You've known this.
2: Yeah. Well, I never know. A lot of times people tell me they quit smoking and I find out they're not smoking. I mean, they're, they're still smoking, you know, just saying. Find out sometimes.
0: So I have a monster or two once no, in a while. Well. Okay. Mean, it's not bad. Okay.
2: But you're okay. You're, you're okay. You like spending. Yeah. Yeah. On Who meat. doesn't? Uh, on, on food. You're okay with spending a little bit on food. Yeah. Okay. There you go. As you should. I know. All right. When we come back, we'll talk some football. Promise. Steve Burline is going to join us. Oh, you're going a little hot rod over here. Oh, yeah. Right. You want a hot rod to go to the break? All right. All right. A little dipsy dude. There you go. A little Steve Burline. Yeah, he's got a little Irish in him. What's he got for this Scotsman? Oh, don't you forget now. Trevor Match a little bit later. That wild and crazy psycho broad. That's why I said broad because that's what Hot Rod would say. Heidi Fang. She's going to join us a little bit later on. Yeah. And you know what? What does a true Scotsman wear underneath this kilt? Huh? Absolutely Nothing. <laughs>
0: what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Doctor, T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say, thank you very much. The Doctor is now in.
2: Oh, yeah, that's what we do here. We go for a little Roddy Roddy Piper, a guy out of Scotland, and he goes, brings on an Irishman like this. This is what we're going to do. I don't know what kind of wrestler this guy is. I don't know if he's Tino Santana. I don't know who he thinks he is. Definitely not the Iron Sheik. But that is the one and only Steve Berline marching his way down the aisle right now. Listen, let's give Berline an introduction here. Let's give him now making his way down the aisle, hailing from some prissy suburb in Southern California, weighing in at 238 pounds. Well, that was his plane weight. Now, now he's from parts unknown, weight unknown, the one and only, Steve <laughs> the beast! bar line <laughs> the beat you like that the golden boy
3: the, gl- <laughs> the golden boy should be yeah i mean i know that's already been taken probably that's true but uh uh but you know it, uh, we'll, we'll still steal it we'll steal it again anyway and i appreciate the uh uh the keeping my weight confidential um the <laughs> But I will say this, you were way heavy on the uh playing weight. Come on, man. I, I was uh no, no. I was a two twenty, 220, two twenty five
2: guy. I was gonna say think? that. I, I was I was gonna I was gonna go the two twenties, but again, I was in that wrestling mode, and usually when you introduce the wrestlers, you gotta be above like, you know, two thirty five, two forty or fifty to, to Yeah, you gotta you
3: pump know. it up a little bit. Yeah, right. yeah. I get it. Yeah. So that was yeah.
2: the ol- that yeah. was the only thing there. But uh there, I, I know you were a wrestling <laughs> fan back in the day, Steve. I know. I know you were. You think I was? Yeah, yeah. Who? Come on. Who was your well, guy? Come on now. Well, 70s, yeah, 80s. I, didn't know,
3: I didn't realize we were going to go this route. I didn't realize we were going to have this conversation. Neither did today. I. You should have uh, just
2: seen how this show. This is a wild Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. This first segment was off the rails. It went everywhere. And, and, and wrestling came up. There it is.
3: Go ahead. Wrestling, so when you say wrestling, what kind of wrestling you talking about like the uh, WWF stuff? Yeah,
2: yeah, back in the day. You know, not this not oh, not, not well, this WWE modern day stuff, well, but when you were a kid well, growing up, what'd you like, man? Well,
3: I just I'm just going to tell you this. I, I I became when I was in North Carolina um with the Panthers. Um and I lived there for for 15 years from 1996 through 2011 and I uh, became pretty good friends with a nature boy.
2: Uh, I knew and,
3: it.
1: Uh,
3: yeah. I mean, he, he he he's a Charlotte guy. And, uh, you know, he's kind of an iconic figure out there. And getting to know him pretty well and, and getting to spend some time and throw down a few with him, it was, uh, believe me, every experience was memorable. And uh, uh, he's just one of those guys, you know,
2: that... Woo! <laughs> I was going to ask that's you for out. it. I didn't even have to deliver <laughs> <Everyone>. <laughs> it. Unabated to the quarterback, we call that. <laughs> uh,
3: unabated, that's right. So... Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was always part of the night. It, it, it would come out many times throughout the course of the evening, as you can imagine.
2: Uh, that's good. Stuff. So after you got in the end zone, or you completed like a, a long bomb to Masin Mohammed or something, or, or, or did you get realize? <gasps> is that what you? Is that what you did? Did you do that? <laughs> you know, that takes way
3: too much effort to do that. That's man. true. You gotta, to do it the way to do it the way that he does it, you got to put everything into it. And uh, I, I just. I wasn't in the mood for putting that kind of energy into, into those kind of celebrations. So, no, that was not part of my routine.
2: You know, I, I wish I would have uh, uh, known Steve during my uh, wrestling days. Uh, you, you probably don't know this, Steve, but I promoted professional wrestling for many, many years back in the day. So i worked with a lot it's of those guys. It. And uh, I could see you. I, I if, if we would have known each other then, I would have brought you in as a special guest referee. You would have liked that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I would
3: have done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have done it as a special guest wrestler.
2: No, but referee. I would
3: have done the referee for sure. Yeah, for you'd, sure. Yeah,
2: you'd look good. You'd look good in that, you know, like a powder blue <laughs> and the bow tie. I mean, can, oh, I bet, yeah. And I bet you could get down too. One, two, oh, foot on the oh, rope. I, two and a I half. I would
3: be dead. <laughs> that's right i'd be down pounding that pounding that pad for sure
2: there you go and right no now about it. the only thing he's pounding now is fried chicken that's what Whoa. steve Berta is pounding there he is yeah unfortunately
3: yeah that's right good stuff man
2: <laughs> how you been brother how things yeah. going
3: pretty good pretty good can't complain you know um uh, obviously a lot of really cool things to talk about with uh with the football which is you know really where my my wheelhouse is here, but in <laughs> no, general life no, is pretty not. good.
2: No, it's not. It really I mean, is. you you think that just because you're a former quarterback, but your wheelhouse is food and golf and and uh, you know uh, you know some of those uh, those beverages. You know, that's you know. You know I, I have
3: I have gained a lot of knowledge in those areas over the years. No doubt about it. <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt. I'm not going to deny that.
2: All right. I want to talk um, quarterback with you. That's what I want. What
3: I'm looking at right now though, I mean, I, w- w- today for the first time in, I don't know, it seems like, uh, a, a half a year, we've actually got a sunny day out here in California. Wow. So it's, uh, the sky is clear. It looks beautiful. Um, so, you know, we got to celebrate that because we take it for granted all the time. And the, the weather we've had out here for the last month has been actually amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I know you guys have probably been getting some of it too, but yeah. uh, it's been really ridiculous out here. All
2: right. And see, and he's not celebrating it uh, a beautiful day in Southern California at the golf course. He's taking time to spend with us. I appreciate that, man. A, that's a nice yeah, sacrifice.
3: It's too soggy on the golf course. Yeah, there, the it reason is. Why. there
2: it is. <laughs> All right, man. Let's talk some QBs, man. So, we saw Tom Brady's last game on Monday night as the Buccaneers lost to the Cowboys. Uh going back a week we saw Aaron Rodgers potential final game with the Packers you know neither one of those guys season ended the way they wanted it to uh could it be move on for both of those or one of those guys or retire for one or both or none what do you think let's start with Tom Brady okay first of all give us your synopsis of, of, of what you saw from Brady again Monday night the whole year and what do you think man is is he coming back or not well, I
3: personally think he's going to step away. I think, I think he's going to be done for good. I think this year kind of went the way that, that I thought it would in terms of, um, the overall success and the frustration. You know, I obviously, I didn't, I didn't see the divorce stuff coming and all the, the stuff in his personal life heading in the direction that it, that it did, but I just felt like it was a mistake for him to come back and that, um, you know, th- the right time was really last year. Um, you know, the way it ended this year, the, obviously the frustration had mounted to the point where, uh, when you look at the second half of that game the other night, it was almost like he was resigned to the fact that you, know, you didn't see the fire. You didn't see the, um, the, the emotion coming out that you normally would see in, in the Tom Brady of old. Um, and I think this year just took a lot out of him. Uh, both physically and mentally. And so I'd be surprised if he came back uh, to play another year. Now, my prediction is if he does come back, it's what I think what Vegas wants to hear is that I think he's going to end up coming back and maybe playing for the Raiders if he decides to go another year. Um, and, you know, I don't know whether that's something that that um on the football field will be celebrated with uh, a deep run of the playoffs, but I know the attention and the energy and the, um, the focus that a move like that would bring to the to the raiders' organization would be very positive and and you know how it would turn out who knows i can 't imagine it, it it getting better uh at this point in his career i think it's i think the struggle's real for him right now, and I think it's going to continue that way if he decides to come back and play some more
2: so I think you 're the perfect guy to ask this question because we always hear the you know, the raiders talking about you know, Brady or Rogers or, you know, the, the, these veteran, you know, quarterbacks, All right, You played for the organization. I understand you still got ties to the organization, but then again, you're a quarterback and you played for for many teams and you know this league well. If you're, say, Tom Brady or even Aaron Rodgers or Steve Berline, it, you know, with maybe one or two years left in your career, all right? These Raiders, the way it is right now, is it really an attractive move for a, a quarterback, especially a top-tier quarterback, when you look at an organization like this and knowing that they haven't won? And even this year, you get Devontae Adams and so much more was expected of this team. And again, it was the same old Raiders. Is this an organization that that you want to be part of?
3: You know, there, there are a few organizations in the NFL uh, that I think just carry a a, a different level of um, you know notoriety and respect and maybe esteem uh, from from football players and, and I think if you were to go around and take a survey, you would find that a surprisingly large number of players, especially now that the Raiders are in Vegas. Uh, that would put the Raiders as one of their top two or three choices. If they had the choice to go wherever they wanted, they, uh, there'd be a lot more of them with number one than you would think too. But I think in the top three, you'd, uh, there'd be a very, very large percentage of those players that would say that would be their destination of choice. And, um, it's because of the mystique of the Raiders from the past. Um, it's always had that kind of, you know, that kind of reputation. Uh, that kind of um, um, r- r- you know just overall respect uh, from from football players. Guys want to wear that uniform, and um, even even with the struggles that they've had, and um, you know the last I don't know how you can go back to the early '80s, I guess was the last time. Well, I mean, let's just go back to the Rich Gannon years, right? Where they they were they were in the uh, Super Bowl, and uh, Rich Gannon was the NFL MVP. You know. Those were the last really good years for the Raiders, but uh, this generation of players, I still think they have the same kind of uh, reverence for that for that helmet for that for that uh, silver and black. And uh, you'd be surprised how many guys would want to go there.
2: I guess it just it's a little surprising to me, especially say if you're a Brady or Rogers, because first and foremost, you got to look at okay who's on this team right now. They haven't been winning the coaching situation. And then more importantly, I think if you're a quarterback, right, is the offensive line and right. the, the Raiders did nothing to address that offensive line in the last draft or the last couple seasons. And as, as you know, I mean, that's been the Achilles heel, but as a quarterback, I mean, isn't, what is the first thing that you look at? I mean, do you look at that prestige and history? And I know a guy like you, you know, anyone our age and stuff like that, you know, that means a lot. But does it to a guy, say, maybe in his mid twenties or early thirties and, you know, Brady, I mean, okay, he's 45, Rogers, you know, 40. I mean, these guys, okay, they're, they're older guys. And even really when they played, especially Rogers, the Raiders still weren't that perennial playoff team. So, right. I don't know. I guess. I mean, don't you? Don't don't you? What's the first thing you're going to look at? Wouldn't it be the O line and the receivers?
3: Well, you you have to look at that, of course. And and to get a guy like that, to get a to get one of the older, you know, just talking about those two guys, and any uh, other you know top notch uh, proven quarterback uh, that that's that possibly might be available. Uh, that's one of the first questions they're going to ask. Is hey, what what are you going to do with the offensive line? Um, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to re-sign Darren Waller? Is his head going to be in the right place? Um, is Devontae Adams going to be happy? Are we going to find a way to, to really, uh, go after that, that really established solid number two guy? Um, you know, hopefully is, is Jacob's going to be back? Um, uh, you know, that you're going to want to know what that, that team is going to look like before you commit to it, but for sure. The offensive line—it's got to be something they can't give it lip service. They've got to go out and make the moves, either through the draft or uh, through free agency, to bring in um, the right people to solidify those guys up front and give them some stability there. uh, Before you're going to have a chance to bring in any kind of a marquee quarterback. So, um, but you know, if Brady—if Brady decides, and if it's if they're having those conversations, I'm sure that. The Raiders organization, the brass, will make the right decisions and and bring the people in if they decide they want to go that route. Same with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, those those questions will be addressed and dealt with, I think, in the right way.
2: All right, you say Brady, you think he's done? Rodgers, what do you think? Return to Green Bay, another team, or done?
3: Well, I, I think I don't think he's done. There's no way he's done. I mean, he 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 loves being in the position where uh, everybody's asking what he's going to do. Uh, you can tell he, I mean, going on the McAfee show today, uh, you know, and, and freaking Cowboy McAfee, that guy. Um, I don't know if you saw him today, but, uh, you know, the way that Aaron left it open as to whether he would come back, uh, to the Packers or play for another team, you know, he likes being the center of those, those discussions and those, uh, question marks. And, uh, I would be very surprised after signing the extension that he signed. Uh, last year, uh, I'd be very surprised if the Packers were accommodating to him, letting him go, and really for him even pushing to leave. But um if it does happen, you know that Devontae Adams is going to be his number one cheerleader, and and I do think that the Raiders would be an attractive spot for Aaron Rodgers as well. I think those are two very realistic possibilities: Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I do believe Brady is going to retire. I do believe that Aaron Rodgers is not going to retire. Uh, But my gut tells me he's going to go back to Green Bay. But if not, I think the Raiders would be a really interesting destination for him.
2: All right, Steve Berline joins us, the former quarterback himself. And again, uh, CBS Sports, Steve Berline. Josh Allen is a guy that I know that you like a lot. Uh, Let's talk about his performance from last week. Sacked seven times in that game against Miami three turnovers, uh, the costly fumble returned back for a touchdown, uh, two interceptions, nice facing Cincinnati. How much should we read into Allen's performance from last week as they get ready to face the Bengals?
3: Not much. Not much at all. I mean, you look at how he's played in the big games to this point in his career. Um, think about what he did in that AFC championship game last year uh against Kansas City in Kansas City uh in that shootout of the game and, and uh uh you know that that should tell you all you need to know about this guy. And um yes, does he have to be more careful? For sure he has to be more careful. Uh he has to be much more disciplined and when he takes his chances and when he uh puts the ball at risk, um no doubt about it. But when you look at the throws that he makes on a weekly basis when he's healthy Um, there's nobody that can do those things. I mean, those touchdown passes that he threw, uh, but there's just three passes that jump out at me, the Dawson Knox touchdown, the, uh, Stefan Diggs uh, touchdown. And then, um, the Gabe Davis touchdown late in that game against Miami that sealed it. Those were all throws that very few quarterbacks can make. And he makes it look easy. Every one of them makes him look easy. And you do not want to take away what makes him so special and so unique. And that is his his mentality, his aggressiveness, his killer instinct of wanting to go for the jugular. But he's got to learn in some of those third down short situations or fourth and short situations that is not the time to take a shot down the field and try to throw the dagger at him right there. And sometimes it's better to make the first down, move the chains. Keep the ball away from your opponent and and just play smart, ball-controlled football. And those are lessons that he's learning on the move. Fortunately, against Miami, they found a way to squeak that game out. But uh, he's a guy you, you do not want to change anything except maybe try to teach him a little bit more about, you know, being more selective when he's going to put uh, the ball at risk and taking those chances.
2: Dak Prescott. We've seen good Prescott. We see some bad Prescott. He was very good against uh, Tampa Bay on uh, Monday night. And now uh, Dak Prescott moves on to San Francisco. How do you think that he will fare against his Niners defense?
3: This will be a different animal, TC. You yeah. just uh you, you mark my words on this one. Uh it was too easy. Chuck. Oh, get pen ready.
2: We're going to mark these words. Okay, here we go. Mark these down. Okay. Yes. Hold on. I got number 2 too, pencil. Was, go ahead. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it was too easy. Uh, this past, uh, you know, on 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 Monday night for for Dak and the Cowboys, I don't know what the the Buccaneers uh, ate before the game, or whether somebody, you know, uh, roofied them. I don't know what happened, but that team played with no emotion, no fire, no energy. Uh, I never once felt like they were trying to um, to disrupt the Cowboys and and slow them down. I, mean, I if I were coaching the Buccaneers defense from from the moment they got down two or three scores, I would have said, "Listen, this guy, Dak Prescott, is—he's having a field day back there. He's just no one's getting any pressure on him at all. Everybody's wide open down the field, easy throws and catches. Uh, let's do something to disrupt his rhythm and and put some pressure, get some hands in his face, hit him a couple of times, bring some people off the edges, you know, make them work for it a little bit. And it just never happened." And so you got to give credit to Dak and the Cowboys. They were ready to play for sure. Uh, but it was, I was watching that game on a plane on the way home, um, from New York. I had done my show that day in New York and I'm sitting there literally like talking to myself in first class and everybody's looking at me. I'm like, what the hell is Tampa Bay doing here? I mean, it's just, it's just, they're making it way too easy. And you know that the San Francisco 49ers defense is not going to do that. They are going to put pressure on Dak, and they are going to make him make quick decisions and they're going to challenge every throw that he makes. And I expect it to be a much different situation this week right. the way the 49ers are playing right now.
2: All right, Jalen Hurts. He's had the shoulder injury, but Philly hasn't looked good <clears throat> in you know three of their last four games. Actually, they had losses to, to Dallas and New Orleans over that. How much of a concern are you as, as Hurts comes back here and facing – this Giants team that is playing some good ball. I understand it's a division foe, and they handled them, you know, twice. Even you know, beat them uh, with with giant backups last time. But as we know, Steve, we've seen teams kind of limp into the playoffs before, and sometimes it doesn't work out so good. Philly doesn't have a great history as of late, you know, either. Uh, how do you how do you read this game and specifically talk about Hertz against the Giants, D?
3: I think it's going to be a, a fantastic football game. I mean, I really do. I think um, the Giants, with what is, is happening there right now with the uh, evolution and the development of Daniel Jones, I mean, he literally was Superman last week. Uh, put that cape on early and he kept it on the whole game. And uh, what he did with his feet, what he did with his arm, what he did when the game was on the line in a tough situation in Miami as the underdog. Uh, I, I could not have been more impressed. And, and also, you know, we all know that Brian Dable gets the credit for that, for, for what he's done with, uh, with, with uh, Daniel Jones. And, uh, you know, he proved, he proved himself with Josh Allen the first couple of years with Josh Allen, but then to have him do what he did with Daniel Jones in one year is absolutely spectacular. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm scared. I don't, this is a, this is a scary game. Uh, this is a team that, Believes in themselves that believes that they're, they're there for a reason, uh, to shock the world. And, um, you know, I, I'm a little bit concerned if I'm Philadelphia, although I do believe the week off, um, with the focus on, um, uh, you know, what to really just trying to get everybody healthy, especially Jalen Hurts. I think the Eagles are going to be ready to play and I think the Eagles will win this game, but I think it's going to be a fantastic football game to watch. And the Eagles win because they're rested. In the games in Philadelphia, but I think the Giants are going to scare the heck
2: out of them. All right. Uh, Steve Berline calling for a close game. Maybe the Giants plus seven and a half here. All right, my man, as we send you out to some Ric Flair, best bet for the weekend for you, Steve Berline. What's the best bet for you? Who's the automatic?
3: I think the, the automatics, to be honest, I think it's the, the, the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Yep. I think it's the Niners. I really do.
2: All right. So, what, what is that? Oh, I, are I, you are are you are you are you texting me? Are you is that is that you uh, sending me money via Venmo or PayPal right now? You said you want me to go to the sports book. You want me to go over to the Westgate? Is that what you say? I, I I have not said that yet, but <laughs> off off
3: off record here, off the line, I may say that. That's a great idea. As a matter of
0: fact,
2: that's right, man. You're you're in the clear. I love it. You're in the clear, man. So you're you're, you're good. Yeah. All right. But he, I love it, and I, by the way, for the record too, I also
3: like the Chiefs against the Jaguars. Yes. I think incredible story, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, but uh, that's that. It ends in Kansas City, I believe.
2: My man, great stuff as usual. All right, well, we'll talk to you a little bit more. Uh, we'll, I'll be looking for that for that Venmo or whatever. I'll, uh, uh, there you go. Send you a copy of your <laughs> ticket and, and maybe a chicken wing or 2 We'll accompany that ticket too. You never know. Ooh. I love it. Hey, you know the thing is, if you do it, if you, baby. if if you bet this, you know what you mean? That means you got to come to Vegas and collect, baby. There you go. Road trip.
3: No,
2: I will happily come to
3: Vegas and collect. No doubt about it. All
2: right, my man. Be good. Enjoy the weekend games and we'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. See you. There he is, my man. Steve Burline Rick Flair fan. Who would have known? See, that makes sense. His time back there in Charlotte. I was
0: say, Charlotte, makes, it's right there.
2: Uh, totally. <laughs> Woo! All right. We go from the quarterback to the center. Next hour, Trevor Metz joins us. Trevor played the entire offensive line. Even. Tied in. There you go. Woo! <laughs> More on this wild Wednesday. And then the wild Heidi Fang joins us. Don't you dare go anywhere. One, two. Ring the bell, nature boy, winner. Woo! Woo! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. It's been a great third down defense the last two
1: weeks for and got an interception.
2: The touchdown on the pick
4: six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin.
2: Mahomes drifting.
0: Downfield. Intercepted. His first of the season. Jeff Heath comes away with it. And Heath could go. Tripped up by Mahomes inside the five.
4: The doctor is now...
2: Continuing on this wild Wednesday edition. Oh, yeah. nonstop sports talk coming right at 4 o'clock. As you know, Westgate on Friday. Come on out. See the show live. Yes, Marco D'Angelo in the house. Jay Schrader having a lot of fun. Of course, our best bet segment as we have each and every week. Our three best NFL plays. Hey, we only got four left coming up this weekend. That's it. Four. Mm. divisional round of playoffs. We continue analyzing that. Appreciate Steve Berline joining us last hour. Heidi Fang is going to join us this hour. We'll talk some Raiders, some UFC, a little bit of everything. You know, it'll go off the rails, more nonsense, because it is a wild Wednesday edition of the TC Martin Show. Wherever you get your podcast, hey, go find the show there. If you miss anything, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Our featured interview up there on the website as well, too, on the homepage with Steve Tasker, the former Buffalo Bill great. Yes, uh, Steve Tasker in the Bills Wall of Fame. 12 years with the Bills, seven-time All-Pro, wide receiver, special teamer, great guy and really kind of took us behind the scenes about DeMar Hamlin and where he is at with his rehabilitation. And as Steve Tasker said yesterday, DeMar has been around the facility looking great, joyful. He was there again today. So last three days, DeMar Hamlin is uh, there. And everyone's asking me, well, is he going to come back and play? And Well, obviously not this year, but I I say yes. Yeah, next
0: year he's he'll be ready for training camp. Is there a chance if they make the Super Bowl, he comes out, one snap, like first snap, he just comes out and they just purposely take the. Knee. Wouldn't rule it out. You seriously? Not, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I would not rule that out. And and yeah. then would that give him opportunity to become MVP? Ooh, no, 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 no. That does he plays? And <laughs> he plays. That's that's how yeah. you. That's how they, you know they, it's they, they all
2: scripted. Yeah. No. Yeah. This isn't wrestling. Okay. There you go. See where your head is at. That's that's where you go.
0: See where the last hour was? Uh, yeah,
2: last hour. And this hour could be the same way. Because our good friend Trevor Madge is waiting in the wings. You know, he's 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 slapping his head, he's getting ready to come on. I I just wonder, in with Trevor is back in Bristol, Connecticut, before he goes on to ESPN if he, you know, does that. If he's like, you know, if he's got Fantasy on by Earth, Wind & Fire, or he's like, you know, slapping his head like his helmet or whatever, or if he's like putting on extra makeup, or what what that walk is into Studio whatever, 29 there in Bristol, Connecticut, only he could tell us, the one and only Trevor Maddich. What is up, my man? Oh,
4: no, DC, it's, it's walking. Music is Back in Black by ACDC. <laughs> and... <laughs> Alarm well, this one off. Hang on just one second. Hold on, smoke.
2: Time. There it is. It's I told. I, that's okay. There you go. It fits right wow. into to the show today. No, no worries, my friend.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah here we go. Say, it's just so extreme that I get all the analysts together right before we go on the air. We do an Oklahoma drill. <laughs> That, that, that's why we're often bruised up and we're bleeding and we're missing teeth and stuff like that. Because 30 seconds before we go on the air, we're smashing each other off set. The Oklahoma Great. drill. mano a mano. There it
2: is, man. Hey, a lot of teams have outlawed the Oklahoma drill, right? You don't see that. And tell us, Trevor, why they call it the Oklahoma drill. Is that Bud Wilkinson's uh, creation or what?
4: Yeah, no idea. Uh, no, No earthly idea why they call it that. Uh, although, universally, at least up until, you know, when I played, uh, if the coaches wanted you to switch sides of the field, they would always say riverside. There might not be a river within 100 miles of you, but they'll a riverside and everybody knows that means we switch sides of the field. So there's all kinds of stuff. You know, we always say we, yeah, we're going to watch film. And now they say we're going to watch tape. Yeah. Nobody watches film or tape now. They watch yes. video files. Exactly. But they
2: still say, "I'm going to watch tape." I know. See, I love this because I, I say that every time to myself. Like, come on, man. There is no more film. There is no more tape. And they keep saying it over and over. I love that. All right. So while we're talking about all this, okay. So the Mike linebacker. Okay. Why is it Mike? And why is it Sam? Okay, I understand well, strong easy. side. I mean, middle linebacker.
4: Yeah, but why Mike and why Sam? Well, because, yeah, when they draw it up there, they put an M for the middle linebacker, right. S for the strong side linebacker, W for the weak side linebacker. But weak side linebacker is too many syllables, right? Right. So they could name Will. it Wilberforce. Yeah. But, you know, maybe Will is short for Wilberforce. You know, Sam could be anything with seven syllables, but, you know, defensive players tend to be a little more in need of simplification that offensive players, shall we say? And so I'm sure they just use the, the shortest one-syllable words that are the easiest to spell as possible so they can identify those guys. The funny thing is, though, uh, you know, like the free safety, a lot of teams will call Frank, right? The strong safety they'll call Stan. And it kind of gets a little bit silly. It's like you've got the the Brady Bunch here, and you're trying to remember all the names. I mean, everybody knows uh, Peter, Jan, Marsha, Bobby, Greg. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah.
4: You got them all, Bobby, Greg? Yeah. Okay, so I can't name all the the Brady kids. I can't name them all. Marsha, we named Um, them all. We just hit all six. Okay, good for you. You got me. That that means that you don't need to play defense, D.C. They could have put you on offense because you can memorize those things. On defense, they've got to give everybody a name and then learn it.
2: Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program with Trevor Maddich.
4: Yes. (laughs)
2: All right, my friend. Most intriguing playoff matchup for you this weekend. Who is it? Intriguing. Yeah. What
4: intrigues you? Yeah, what what intrigues me is Cincinnati-Buffalo. Mm, okay. Because Buffalo, you know, I picked them last week to cover as two touchdown favorites. I figured that they would finally be able to be counted on to play up to their capability. But that game... Where they beat Miami at, by a field goal as two touchdown favorites kind of solidified to me that this year, Buffalo has to be the most mentally soft team in, in my recent memory. Certainly they will, they, they win their games, but they only have, uh, they're about 50-50, I think, against the spread. So straight up, they're fantastic against the spread. They're average, completely average. They constantly play down to the level of their competition. And Miami, with the injuries that they've got, especially a quarterback playing their third-string, seventh-round quarterback, Skylar Thompson, they still managed to allow Miami to come within three points of them. And part of that was because all-universe quarterback for the Bills, Josh Allen, had three turnovers that led to 17 points, including a strip-sack, fumble, scoop-and-score that kept Miami in the game. Now, of all people in that game who should not have kept Miami in it, it shouldn't have been all all world universe, stupendous uh, Josh Allen, the quarterback. And then you look at Josh Allen and realize that he is, he leads all quarterbacks in the NFL with turnovers. So I thought they'd get over that in the playoff game, because if there's any time for them to play up to their potential, it's now with everything on the line, but nope, they didn't do it. If they do that against Cincinnati, Cincinnati has got the horses on both sides of the ball, actually, but especially on offense to burn them severely. Buffalo has to play at their highest level and they don't seem to be in the habit of playing at their highest level, even their best players. So that, that game intrigues me because in some ways, you know, Buffalo should really not run away with it, but they should win fairly comfortably, but I don't trust them anymore to show up. I really don't.
2: You know, we talked to a, Steve Tasker yesterday, I know you probably know Steve. And yeah, you know, again, you know, a great player, you know, back in his day and, you know, worked with CBS and you know, still works with the Bills right now. And he gave us the number yesterday that, you know, cause I asked him basically the same thing. Like, okay, you know, Josh Allen was bad. I mean, how much should we read into that? And he said that the Buffalo Bills are 29 and five in their last 34 games and they basically felt like they lost last week and they rarely have bad back-to-back performances like that and and that's what I was kind of thinking the same thing and the reason why I picked Dallas and I like Dallas the other night over Tampa Bay Trevor is because I went back and I looked at Dallas coming off a loss not only did they win their games after a loss but they smoked their opponent after a loss and that's exactly what happened on Monday night when they faced you know Tampa Bay and again I thought advantageous you know matchup for the Cowboys I kind of think that way with Buffalo too. That okay, we they think like you said that they can like turn it on and turn it off whatever they want. Kansas City's the exact same thing. Kansas City's been horrible covering against the number, but they do enough to win these games. And I just think you know now uh, facing a Cincinnati team that they know that even though they only played a, a few series three weeks ago when DeMar Hamlin got injured, but Cincinnati came out and and, and drove the ball you know right down their throat. I think Buffalo is going to be ready to play. Uh, they're at home here, and I really am concerned about that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. And I'm I'm, I'm just kind of having a flashback thinking, hey, maybe we go back to last year where, remember, Burrow got sacked nine times in one playoff game and seven in another and that sort of thing. So I, I think that Buffalo does not give that kind of performance that we saw last week that, hey, they're they're going to be ready to roll.
4: Yeah, you would think, and you're right about that. I mean, the latest injury on the Cincinnati offensive line is left tackle Jonah Williams. He left the game with a knee injury uh, last week, and uh, apparently he hasn't been practicing. So yeah, there's we'll another see if that's a precautionary. Right? Or, yeah. yeah, no, there, there's others too. I mean, yeah. their, their offensive line is banged up. On the other side of the ball, you got Greg Rousseau rushing the passer, and that's a, a solid defensive front with, with maybe the best group of linebackers in the NFL. I mean, they're outstanding the linebacker of the Bills are with Tremaine Edmonds and, you know, the, 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 guys they can put out there. Milano's is so fantastic
2: too. I mean, what, what yeah, are you, this guy's having? Yeah.
4: Exactly. But they're also banged up in the secondary. I mean, I mean, Demar Hamlin, of course, it won't be available. They've got another couple of guys that haven't been practicing, another guy that's practicing a little bit. He's back now. I mean, they've got, they're banged up a little in the secondary and I don't know to what degree the Bills secondary will be, uh, hampered maybe everybody is is out because of precautionary reasons and they'll come back and they'll be fine. But if they're not, it'll be interesting to see how that goes because you've got that banged up Cincinnati offensive line, but you've also got a Bill's defense whose best pass rusher hasn't been available for a while. That's Von Miller. He's out with injury. So, you know, does that balance out very much? Who gets the edge on that one? Uh it, you know, kinda of hard to say. Right now I'm still trying to get my brain wrapped around those matchups. All right. Buffalo a five point favorite,
2: Trevor. I you go, you I know you're gonna you know ponder a little bit before you turn in your picks, you know, on Friday morning for our best bets, but uh, let's talk about these games. We'll start with the one we just analyzed. Buffalo
4: five over Cincy. Which way you lean in? Right now my lean is Cincinnati. Because I think that the the healthy receivers of Cincinnati with Joe Burrow throwing to him knowing he's not going to have much time, uh, I think there's potential for big plays, especially with yards after the catch, with guys maybe a, maybe a half a step behind Jamar Chase and some of those other Bengals receivers. than they would be if they were fully healthy. Remember that last year when Burrow led the Bengals all the way to the, the Super Bowl, their offensive line was worse than it was this year. And by the way, even with Jonah Williams and the other guys that are banged up, the, the line's better than it was last year, but it's still not great. Shakes even when it's healthy. Talking about Cincinnati now, but the but last year they were just abysmal. They were horrendously bad, and Burrow was able to get the ball out quickly and still be able to distribute the playmakers well enough to win the AFC championship. So right now my lean would be to take the points for Cincinnati, but again I'm still still working my my way to that.
2: All right, still so how are you on the lean? I mean, do you do you fall over sometimes on the lean, or you got good balance, or what?
4: Yeah, I get phone calls all all the time from, uh, Caltech and their meteor or, uh, their, uh, <laughs> geological department. You know how when your, your alarm goes off because you forget to turn it off before you walk into the garage yeah, and yeah. they give you a call, make sure everything's okay. That happens with me a lot. I'll lean so much I fall down and then I get a call from California. Hey, was that you falling down or was there an earthquake out there? So, you know, the, although really, you know, um, you really, you know, uh, the way you and Marco have been rolling, the last few weeks. You know, I gotta be asking you how you lean.
2: I lean to Buffalo. I do. I again I'm I'm a big proponent, Trevor, of it's so difficult to to go back to back, not only just to win the Super Bowl that to get back and represent your conference. And I just I see too many gaps on that offensive line and I think Buffalo gets it done. I really do. I, I wouldn't it wouldn't be surprised to me if Buffalo wins by at least a touchdown and maybe even more. And I think that we've got some short lines here, as far as the favorites. And, and I'm going to take Buffalo and lay the five here. I think this is, this is their game. And I'm not even too worried about it. Cause really, when I think about it, Joe Burrow is the, the only threat that kind of concerns me. And you bring up a great point about the Bill secondary, but you know what doesn't scare me? The running game. They have just abandoned the running game with Joe Mixon over the last few weeks. We go back to, you know, that last regular season game and he had 55 yards. They didn't have much, much more than that, uh, last week as well, too. So I think it's Buffalo, man. I'm as, I'm saying it's, Go, go, Buffalo!
4: Yeah, but what do you think? I mean, do you see a trend in the underdogs from the wild card round? I mean, you got underdogs either covering or winning outright. You've got the Cowboys with Tampa, Miami with Buffalo. Not this round. I I think a lot of these parties come
2: to an end. I I do. And, and And I want to transition to the next game there. And I think that happens with Kansas City and Jacksonville, too. I think it's intriguing. I think it's interesting. I think Doug Peterson's done a fantastic job with the Jaguars. But again, arrested Kansas City team and hey, we, we talk about it every year, whether it's during the course of the regular season or whether it's Kansas City, you know, having the first week off of bye. We know what Andy Reid's like, and that, there's there's a lot to that. I mean, he's fantastic and the Chiefs are fantastic off of byes. This is kind of a high line, uh, but I think Kansas City will be ready for Jacksonville. Tell me how you see this one.
4: Yeah, I, I would lean Chiefs as well here. Uh and really, I mean, you talk about the offense, of course, has been lights out even uh, without Tyreek Hill, uh, a receiver who traded him off to Miami. But to me, the defense has done just enough for Kansas City. But one thing really stands out, and that's Chris Jones' defensive tackle. He has been, I don't know if it's even been quiet. You know, he, he's been a, a wrecking ball against opposing passing attacks. He, he has the most pass rush wins of any defensive tackle in the NFL. hes He's like 20. Six or 27 more pass rush wins than the second place guy. And when you can get an individual defensive tackle disrupting from the middle at that kind of a rate, it changes what the offense has to do. And so I, I, I still don't trust Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's had a lot of fantastic games this year. Certainly last week he had a fantastic second half, but in the first half he threw four interceptions, and I think in the Super Bowl era, that's only happened twice before. Ever. And they still came back. And they still won that game. So they're they're riding the high with confidence, but at the same time, Trevor Lawrence still threw those four picks in the first half. Right? Right. Absolutely. And you know the Kansas City has had plenty of time to work on, okay, why? What bothered him? How can we duplicate what bothered him? What will they do to, to respond to what bothered him that we could then anticipate and take advantage of that? And as good as trevor lawrence has the potential to be uh, i i just think there's a enormous quarterback advantage for kansas city in terms of being able to rely on the guy for fourth qu- four quarters hmm.
2: he is trevor madich espn's college football guru and again hey 12 years in the nfl the guy it knows what he's talking about on this side as well too in the nfl let's talk giants and eagles another matchup between these two nfc east teams Philly's won both of the matchups the last one uh, you know really didn't mean too much uh, especially you know for philly uh they still ended up winning the game and and the giants put a, put in their backups but the giants were very very impressive on the road in minnesota i say this trevor about that game is that it was a perfect matchup just kind of like i what i thought it was a a perfect matchup um you know last week for the 49ers against Seattle, I, I think that the Eagles against, uh, uh, the, the Giants was, is, is, is a perfect matchup for the Eagles here as well, too. I just thought that, that the Giants had Minnesota's number. Uh it was a little revenge game for them. The Vikings have not been playing well. So I, I I'm not really putting too much stock or credence into that. Kind of the way I didn't put too too much into the Dallas game beating Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay was so, you know, banged up and their offensive line has been dismal. So I think a good spot for these teams because we look at matchups here, and I thought that was a great matchup for the Giants last week. I'm not sure so sure it's a great matchup for the Giants this week. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I agree with you on that one with one caveat, and that is what will the Eagles do with quarterback Jalen Hurts? You know, the expectation is he'll be back to play this week. Uh He's got um, an injury to his throwing shoulder that, that kept him out for multiple games, and he has been a big part of their rushing attack. I mean, the, the Giants and Eagles played twice this year, but only one time. were both starting quarterbacks on the field against each other. And the Eagles doubled up the Giants on the points. I mean the Eagles just absolutely crushed the Giants. They held Giants running back, Saquon Barkley, to twenty eight yards rushing. And, you know, it was just it was just a, a great day for Philly, horrible day for New York. Um but the Giants are better now. The Giants are playing better. I mean, Daniel Jones, a quarterback, has really found a groove. They figured out how to use him, uh, which means use his legs a lot intentionally, have him take off running from the pocket earlier than he normally would, uh, have called quarterback runs for him. And I think the reason they started doing that initially this season was that when he won the starting job, they figured, well, gee, we, we didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he's probably going to be gone next year anyway. We might as well pound him. So what if we, we, we wear him out and pound him down? But it turned out that the whole offense changed when they did that. Jones changed when they did that. And Coach Brian Dable, the the first-year head coach of the Giants, really saw how to use him. And his passing improved tremendously. I mean, he he was the leading rusher for New York against the uh, Vikings, but he also threw for 301 yards against the Vikings. And so Jones is a different quarterback now than than the one that faced the Eagles the first time around. And Dexter Lawrence inside a defensive tackle for the Giants has been just a wrecking ball, a wrecking ball. Now the Eagles are better, but I think when you've got individual players, what Jones can do on offense along with Saquon Barkley, especially as a receiver out of the backfield. And when you've got Dexter Lawrence leading a defense that's playing much, much better. I mean, the last four weeks they've given up around 320 yards, per game um, pretty consistently. In other words, they've done really well compared to being pretty abysmal and getting burned on all those blitzes earlier in the season. You know, To me, you combine that with the fact that usually division games in the NFC East are, are low-scoring affairs, uh, and it seems like this game will be different than the one they played in the regular season when both quarterbacks started. I can see this one being a whole lot closer, and the Giants might have a chance to even win. This goes back now to what I started to begin with with um, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, will they run him a lot? Will they say, okay, he's going to play from the pocket now, and he won't, we're not going to run him because we don't want him to get that shoulder hurt and have it become worse? What will they do there? You know, I think if he can stay healthy and run a lot, then the Eagles should win this thing fairly comfortably. But if they try to turn him into a pocket passer who hasn't played for a, for a while for multiple games and limit his rushing, then I think the Giants have a good chance to keep this thing close.
2: You're right. I mean the Giants have, have played great and the Eagles have not, you know, played really well. I'd say, you know, two of the last three games where they they had those two losses to Dallas and the Saints. Uh we don't know how good Jalen Hurts is, you know, health wise. He does have the shoulder injury, like you say. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think, okay, they remember that that matchup where Philly, you know, won by 26 points or whatever it was, right? They just drilled him like like you mentioned. But the Giants, you know, with Wink Martindale, their defensive corner, he can maybe cause some problems for some teams. You're right, Daniel Jones uh has been rock solid, especially as a runner when we saw him what you know take off with sixteen times as a runner in that game last week against Minnesota but you know for me, it just seems like he's gonna be facing a little bit you know tougher defense in Philadelphia than Minnesota last week, and I don't know trevor, it just seems like when we get to this round. You know, we kind of, everyone remembers the last thing that their eyes saw and they're going to remember what Dallas did and what the Giants did and what Jacksonville did. And we, you know, especially with that big comeback in the second half, but you're right. Like when you talk about Trevor Lawrence and um, what about the four picks, you know, and now he's going up against Kansas city and Andy Reid, and, and they're going to have a game plan. I got to believe that Philly's going to have a game plan, you know, for the Giants and you know, certain teams, you can just kind of see their run coming to an end. I just kind of get that feeling with the Giants.
4: Yeah, and I get the feeling that the Giants will have to pass the ball successfully to have a chance here, because I think that the Eagles rely on their secondary. This is one of the best secondaries in the NFL, and they know they got to keep Daniel Jones in the pocket. He's at his most dangerous when he can extend plays, and so they'll probably slow down the pass rush a little bit, but it's still a very, very effective pass rush. I think ultimately, because of how good the Eagles' defense is against the pass, because they will try to limit the running of Daniel Jones... To me, it's going to be for the Giants all about can Saquon Barkley run the ball well enough to be able to keep the chains moving with the Eagles understanding that that's what they're going to have to do. Um, now, if I'm the Giants, I counter with not just trying to run the ball with him, but making sure he gets his touches in the passing game. Because if they're not able to blast their way through the Eagles' front seven, they can still get Barkley the ball with swing passes, wheel routes, option routes, all kinds of different ways to bypass the front seven and get him into a little bit more space against a smaller guy. All right. The lean here? The lean here is Eagles. Right, right. They're just better than the Giants top to bottom in every way. It's just, my, my, my doubt is with the health and the way that they use Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, but even with that, I'm leaning Eagles.
2: All right, finally, uh, the last game on Sunday, we've got the Cowboys and the Niners. A lot of people think, hey, this is a low number if you like the 49ers. And why do you think the number is only four, Trevor? Is it the Brock Purdy factor that people are still thinking, okay, this guy's a rookie, um, advantageous, you know, opener against uh, Seattle, but now they are getting this Cowboy defense and a lot of people are remembering what they saw with their eyes Monday night on how disruptive they were to put Tom Brady and the Bucks offense, Sarah.
4: Yeah. Overall, for the course of the season, the Cowboys defense in terms of yards allowed, points allowed, uh, interceptions, things like that are, are in the top tier of the NFL. Uh, although down the stretch, they've struggled. And so, you know, teams are different down the stretch than they are early for the course of the entire season because of injuries and all kinds of different different reasons. But when you look at what the Giants did, or excuse me, the Cowboys did on Monday night against Tom Brady and those Buccaneers, it was magnificent. Magnificent. I mean, they were all over Brady. Uh Brady was not able to get anything going at all, and he knew he was going to have to get the ball out pretty quickly. But at the same time, you know, on grass, the pass rush of Dallas this year has struggled. Uh And on that game, Monday night on grass at Tampa, it was, it looked like they were playing in the dome. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And the other thing that people saw was the offense. I mean, uh, the Tampa Bay defense was in its best position really all year to take on the Cowboys offense, mostly because the secondary was healthy and they had guys back and they didn't. Dak Prescott was utterly magnificent a rating that we use a lot is qbr quarterback rating which is different from passer rating because it takes into account not just your throwing but your throwing in situations in other words if if it's third and and 10 and you throw for nine yards your passer rating goes up your qbr goes down because you didn't convert it right it also takes into account running and and all kinds of things um it's a better comprehensive view of of how a quarterbacks doing 100 is perfect, 50 is average. Dak was like 96 in that playoff game last week. He was magnificent. And maybe part of the reason the line is so low is because, you know, the the public saw how fantastic the Cowboys were on both sides of the ball, and they think maybe that that Dak now is ready to fulfill the promise that they've had for years ever since they drafted him. Where's the lead, my man? we in San Francisco. Yeah? Yeah, because... The Giants, or excuse me, the Cowboys still have the issues that 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 we talked about going into last week's game. You were right to pick the Cowboys to win that. I was wrong. I thought that Brady would be able to exploit them, but the Cowboys just overwhelmed those expectations and overwhelmed the matchups that I thought would favor Tampa Bay. But San Francisco is is a different you know a different animal with weapons all over the place. And if if the Cowboys want to focus on um, on pass rush and they want to go get after Um, you know, Brock Purdy, then good luck because Purdy has so many outlets to get the ball to who can do a lot of damage after the catch. First thing they got to do is stop George Kittle at tight end. So we'll see about that. But then there's a whole array of other guys that they got to worry about. And the 49ers have one of the most physical offensive lines in the game. In addition to that, including, you know, Trent Williams is a future hall of famer at left tackle, for goodness sake. So they, they, they've got a better ability to protect the quarterback, and then they put up a graphic last Monday that I thought was fascinating. They said that in the regular season, teams that played San Francisco were 0 and 15 the following week. Right. Yeah. In other words, every t- yeah. So the, every team that played San Francisco lost every time the next week yeah. that they played. And you know, so I mean, that being that physical and that you know, that that's a different kind of opponent than what the Cowboys faced against Tampa Bay. Mm,
2: that's true. Well, it doesn't apply anymore because Seattle's done now. So, but you're right. We've been talking about that during, I think we noticed it after like 11 weeks and this thing held up all the way through. I mean, you're absolutely right. Yes. Uh, I love it. He says, San Francisco is a, is a, is a different animal. It is so true. They could get you on both sides of the ball. Uh, what kind of animal, Trevor? Okay, you have a cowboy on the other side. What kind of animal would this 49er team be? I mean, I, I'm trying to picture this, okay? Because you're so good at the graphics and the descriptions and the emotion here. Uh, give me the animal. Break
4: it down. It's not an animal. Okay. It's a cowboy. Yeah. Oddly enough. Right. The 49ers are the Rip Wheeler. Of the NFL. <laughs> okay. But I
2: and thought you would know be giving us some cougar or something to just take off, you know, to, to, to just dissect this cowboy, and, you know, leaping off the horse or something. I thought you were going to give us an actual animal that the 49ers are, are going to be against these cowboys, you know, dressed in white.
4: Now, Rip Wheeler, uh, the hero of Yellowstone... And if you don't know who who that is or what that's about, he's the only man in the world that could be a match for Beth Dutton. And if you don't know what that means... Is that Kevin Costner? Is there a Kevin Costner reference in there?
2: Uh, Who? who? Is that a Kevin Costner reference? Yellowstone, right?
4: Yeah, Yellowstone, man. Uh, Rip Wheeler is, uh, is, is his main lieutenant, and Beth Dutton is his daughter. And I'm telling you what. Uh, Beth is, uh, is more than a match for most full NFL teams that I've ever been around. <laughs> okay. In other words, you could line up an entire NFL offense and have Beth Dutton, the only <laughs> defender on the other side of the ball, and it would be a fair fight, right? And uh, so you know, I, I wouldn't say. And Rip is, is her is her husband. I would say that uh, I wouldn't. I, I don't know what animal the 49ers would be. I know that they would be Rip Wheeler if they were actually Cowboys. Uh, but if I were to pick an animal, I'd probably say a Cape Buffalo.
2: Okay. How about how about you know, Debo Samuel? I mean, I'd like to say a cheetah, but he's bigger than a cheetah. But he's fast. But what's what's a fast, mean animal that just runs over people? I mean, a fast one. You got one of those
4: for uh, Debo? Fast and mean. Yeah. Uh, I would say the ghost in the darkness. From, uh, from the from the movie uh, Two Lions that, that ate all these people and they made a whole movie about trying to get them.
2: <laughs> you could tell it is the off season for Trevor Manage. It's college football season's <laughs> over. Trevor, will let you go watch more television now. All right, we'll let you. Uh, I know you you want to get right back into that TV. You got the popcorn going, you got the remote control, and then you're going to be glued in front of the TV Saturday and Sunday.
4: Yeah, probably, yeah, but in in the commercials, I'll be watching uh, repeats of Yellowstone. There you go, my man,
2: my man, that's it, because I tell you, Trevor, I can't handle any more of Lily and that cam turning that board, that that stupid Coke Zero thing, and if I hear that Burger King commercial and that song one more time, I'm going to lose it, because I can't turn the channel... Because the Sunday direct TV package, I can always go to another game. These standalone games are forcing me to go with the commercial, Trevor's. I whopper, can't handle whopper, it. Whopper,
0: whopper, No! Whopper, Stop whopper, it! Whopper, whopper, <laughs> Ding
4: fries are done. You you need to learn to appreciate our sponsors. That's <laughs> true. All
2: right, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll, we don't talk to you on Friday. We'll be looking for your picks. Trevor manages Picks will be up on the website with the best bets. We'll unload those on Friday, and we'll talk to you next week, my man. Thank you, thank you. There he is. My man, Trevor Manage. My man, Steve Berline. My girl, Heidi Fang. Coming up next. More of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me beg. T.C. Martin.
0: Of course, you are a character. It doesn't mean that you have character.
2: The doctor is now in.
0: <laughs>
2: and you thought it was Halloween at first, didn't you? You really did! But that can only mean one thing. Not all guests get their own theme song. But this wild, wacky broad does. That's right. We've already set it up. We have no idea what she's doing, where she's at. But chaos will ensue in the next segment. Heidi Fang! The Las Vegas Review Journal's very own content creator, provider. Uh... I don't know. I mean, she has so many titles. What's up, girl? Hey, how you doing, TC? Hey, I'm pretty good there. What is this? A little Rico's sister or something? Or uh, you coming out of a Bronx tale with
1: Sonny? Uh, I don't what know he, what, what the problem is here. <laughs> <laughs> I was huh? talking to my friend. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> we had a long conversation. I uh, came on your show next, so uh, that's the thing. That that that's
2: the thing. All right, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's uh, Brooklyn. You know, you you having a little dinner over there. What do you have? A little pasta? What do you what do you got? You oh, got Vito? I wish I was
1: in Brooklyn right now. Oh, I'd have a chicken parm. <laughs> I'd have some gabagool. <laughs> I
2: love you. Canole. <laughs> canole. <laughs> canole. 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 Get out the cannolis, girl. Goddamn.
1: A canole. the canole.
2: A canole and
1: a spumoni. That's, a that's spumoni. what my friend used to call it. He never said canole. He yeah. said canole.
2: Canole. There you go.
1: And then and then I never. Uh, oh, what would I have? This is in Brooklyn right now. I think I'd have to have some pastrami from somewhere. And, uh,. I, then we go to Queens to go to the Greek place and get some spanakopita, because it's not the same out here. Th- that sounded a little the X-rated there the about pie. 30
2: seconds ago. That almost sounded orgasmic. I mean, it was what that
1: was. she we, I, I, <laughs> I'd get a pie <laughs> with some nice peppers on it. <laughs> and then uh, they didn't have the peppers. Oh, what would I I'd get the white pie. The white pie. No sauce. <laughs> no. Just the white cheeses. <laughs> Oof. Ooh, the mozzarella. So the good. Mozzarella. There you go. So okay. good.
2: All right. Uh, that uh, that uh, restaurant segment was brought to you by the one and only Heidi Also, <laughs> <fan.
1: laughs> I think we talked about tacos. <laughs> I know, right? You you went all Italian on me. Oh, good. I did. I did, but well, my friend is Italian, well, and we were talking, and this is how we talked. So, it? like, we talked for, like, a good hour, because, you know, some stuff happening back over in my other home. We had to talk. <laughs> For a while. And just, you, after a while, you hear it and you know how to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got a little, <laughs> you got a little Rosie O'Donnell in you right there. You know, that was a little Rosie, you know, or, or a little Rosie Perez. That's, that's what was going on there.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Give me that.
1: She's different, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so stupid, Billy. <laughs> That's it, Billy. Oh, I Billy. gotta get the higher pitch. When I say I'm thirsty, I don't mean I want a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> that boy. That's it. A I don't have the pitch. Rosie. is just one of a kind. Con- I love Rosie. Hey, I love her so, so much. I haven't seen Rosie. She was the original Fly Girl. Yeah. Oh, Fly Girl. Fly Girl. Yeah. Do you know that? She was like one choreographing J-Lo. If there was no Rosie yeah. Perez, no one would know
2: J-Lo. That's, that's a good point. That's great. So speaking, yeah. of, spoke, speaking of Rosie, uh, I hadn't seen her in a while, right? On TV or anything. And then all of a sudden, I am in love with Your Honor. Okay. Are you familiar with Your Honor on Showtime? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. And this- I didn't watch this. Don't start yet. I didn't get to this one yet.
2: Okay. So, yeah. Uh, episode one came out on Sunday. I actually watched it last night. And there's Rosie. Rosie's back. She's got a prominent role. It was like, mm-hmm. I I was in a little bit different role for her, but I like it. You know, she's like an attorney. Pretty cool. But she I,
1: she always you, wanted her. to.
2: You sound just like her, Heidi. Okay. Sounded just like her right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted her to call a boxing fight. Do you, you see her boxing tweets?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh no. You she, got to
1: follow her on Twitter for yeah. the combat sports.
2: You're right. No, no. She's great. Uh, regarding the sweet science or, or anything of that matter, and she's a sports girl too. That's that's a love about. Yeah. Her. Yeah.
1: The girl after my heart. Oh. I love Rosie Perez. One of those things where you talk about the celebrity dinner. Who would you want? I would want to sit with Rosie.
2: Oh, that'd be a six-hour dinner. I mean, yeah. you yeah. imagine what that's
1: that
2: content would be? That'd be outstanding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like we could vibe me and her for real.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right, yeah. so uh, you get a little bit of downtime. The Raider season's over. You're at that facility like 18 days a week. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Game days, you're there early. You're tailgating. You're eating. You're trying to uh, get the press box food. Then you're down in the field. Then you're in some box, and then you're in the locker room that's, afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're
1: summing it about, uh, but I, you forgot the part where afterwards I'm doing the editing, the video, yeah. and putting it on the, the podcast. But that's okay. Cause you you on top of it, TC. You know exactly where I, <laughs> yeah. where I am. <laughs> um, you about summed it up.
2: I know. I know. So you got to be kind of glad that the the season's over. I mean, you kind
1: of no, no, really. I love the chaos. I live and thrive in it. That's true. I love football.
2: That's true. That's true. Yeah. What are the chaos? Mm-hmm. Are you getting involved with right now? I know we got UFC, oh, uh, I guess right. So-
1: yeah, well, I didn't get back right to the UC right away. You know, they put me on assignment, so I went to the uh UNLV press conference mm-hmm. about the new offensive coordinators and defense coordinator and special teams coordinator. Got to hear from Barry Odom a little bit. It was good. I, he's very, I like him. Me too. Like what he brings to the table. Like just open personality to the point, all about business, focus, getting this team locked in. I think he's gonna really bring something special to this team. I mean, the whole Bobby Petrino thing is a little bit like, "Oof, what happened there?" Right? And I'm yeah. sure. And he addressed it straight up. No, you know, cutting around corners. No, right. Trying to hide that it was it was a strange and odd situation. Just got straight to it, and I respect that. I respect a lot of how he broke that down and what he had to say. And then I went to Golden Knights today, and uh, you know, Mark Stone injured. Yeah. So. I had to go, uh we heard from Marchie. Another March so
0: mm-hmm.
1: Heard about, you know, what what this team needs to do to get back on the winning track after a couple of losses. So I'm all back locked in, all over Las Vegas, scouring the sports scene. Everyone's like, oh, hey, <laughs> you haven't showed up in a year. <laughs> right, right. I know.
2: I kind of get that too. You know, again, back to Golden Knights games. Cause I mean, let's, let's face it. I mean, with our schedules and everything, and the hockey season is so darn long. Can't go to 41 home games. I remember the first year, I, I yeah. you know, with the playoffs, everything, I think I calculated, I think I missed four or five games that whole, and it was you just and I were- exhausting.
1: You and I were in 2020 Purgatory, weren't we? In that weird corner up by that lounge. That was yeah, I remember a couple was years frank. afterwards.
2: Yes. Yeah. That yeah. And and, and, that, and going to that, that and to watch you trying to video, I mean, to shoot <laughs> pictures with your 1,000 magnifying lens, I mean, from upstairs, you know, 5,000 feet away on the fourth floor is ridiculous. I know. Yeah. I
1: did get some quality shots of Fleury yeah. from there. Yeah, I really did. Wow, well, I bet back
2: then. I bet, yeah. But so, yeah. I mean, I know what you're talking about. So now, hey, where you been? Well, we got this thing. We got football. We got basketball. You know, we got all this other stuff going Lacrosse? on. Lacrosse, so uh, yeah. Well. Desert dog? Oh, jeez. Yeah, but it's great. We love it here. I mean, this is why we do what we do, right? Playing second. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, hell to the
1: yeah. She says, Heidi yeah, Fang. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't even hold that one back. I thought is this bad for radio.
2: No, no, no. Word? It's fine. I, it, it's it's only bad when you're in church. Now, the question is, were you in church last Saturday or Sunday to go see Derek Carr? Because again, you're like the Raiders roving reporter here. Derek Carr spoke at the church. And I don't know if he really dropped any, um, you know, riveting news or it was more just, uh, you know, speaking, you know, to the power there. But uh, I know you covered it or wrote about it. Uh, Give us your take here.
1: Yeah, so I'll start with this. There was a whole uh, men's prayer that's private for men, so I couldn't go to that. Um, (laughs) Wait, have they not met you before? You're one of the boys. What are you talking about? (laughs) i to be like that because that's what my friends say. That's my boy, Heidi. <laughs> H. That's H fang. That's <laughs> a fang. Sometimes they forget because of how we talk and what right? we, you know how we. Uh, what they just you know they what? don't hold back on their boy talk, you right. know man talk, what? whatever. You wear a and bra. I, I, I didn't know you were, a bra. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> you know. uh, it's funny it's funny um they always tell me you know stuff that, and then they they sometimes they'll stop themselves and they go oh wait i forgot you know and i was like we've right. all been around each other 20 years we know right. you know but um so anyhow they had like a private thing where he spoke to just the men first um about you know where his head was that direction and things like that um and then they had the open service for everybody um i'm not exactly familiar i'm sorry i i'll be completely honest i'm just not 100 percent like the most ultra religious person in the world right so i don't know exactly what the denomination is of the church so here's the thing but, okay
2: know, I, and hold me i'll yeah. tell you because you know so you know it, it's it's there is no denomination to it so it is more of a there are oh, some okay. people that that you know, and I don't want to criticize because everybody has their own religion. I have mine. That's no, sort of everybody's thing. different. But, right. I'm fine. But a lot of people, do. Yeah. a lot of people call that like the popcorn church because it's it's a just popcorn. Yeah, yeah. And well, because a lot of times you know they'll serve popcorn and then they'll they'll pass around the Kentucky Fried Chicken basket. You know, oh or no the way! Bucket, that sort I think you're get getting
1: KSC in my yeah. basket. Yeah, right.
2: So in a lot of these non denominational <laughs> churches, it's almost like you know they're all there to praise the Lord, which is great. But again, for like traditional Catholics or Lutherans or other people mm-hmm. like that, Seventh day Adventists, I mean, they just say, Oh, we don't know because it's just very, it's very casual. It's very casual. So you're okay, okay yeah, it, with that. Yeah. yeah. So not knowing that it, 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 a lot of times they don't even have like certain things. Like, you know, with Catholicism, you have the homily and then, you know, you have right. the con- consecration and all that stuff. So yeah, so you're okay. Don't worry about it. So it's just that's, no,
1: that's it's a free for all of it.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, like my grandmother, at one point she was a, a Sunday school teacher, and this was before I was even born. And so, like she would say, like if you're going to go to church, you do this. Is there was like a set amount of things that you had to do, and this was not like that at all. And then there was like the whole thing with um the uh, 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 I'm forgetting what she's oh hats. This is I went I went in I didn't go to the church. I was online and I was doing the feed. Yeah. So um. I was just running a feed to record it for the review journal and I had permission from the church to do so, which was nice, but they, um, they had, um, like guys in there with hats. And so when you said the popcorn, that makes more sense to me now because I never seen a church where people wore hats. I've been in a lot of different services with different friends for different things. Yeah, you know, and I, I've just never seen people wearing hats in church and I was like, what the yeah. heck?
2: Yeah, no, it's So it, there's
1: a lot of hats. It, it's more <laughs> it's really
2: more praise and worship than than anything. I think mean, if if you okay. want to try to sum it up there, I think that's what it okay. is. I haven't yeah. been, but I oh, mean, so car, know, yeah. yeah. Back to yeah, car. What car
1: say anything? Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> he uh, first of all is very motivational and it's interesting when you see different sides of somebody. Because person that he is when he's at the podium inside the Raiders facility, it's not that he doesn't seem sure of himself, but it was like he's just Derek, mm. right? And just Derek Carr, he's the quarterback. And then you go and you see him in this kind of a setting and he's a very like, um, just commanding personality. And I never saw that at the podium, you know, and I wonder too, like what, what was he like really? Cause we only got one year of full locker room access. So when we were in, uh, Alameda at the headquarters there, cause I covered the team as well, like I didn't have, um, the access at that time because of the phase of my career mm-hmm. to the locker room. I was just like a photographer. So when I was just doing photography, I, you know, the no cameras are allowed in the locker room. So you just don't go right, in. Right. And there was, I think a couple occasions where I did and like post game we did, but it, depending on the, you know, how the game went you get one kind of locker room when they lose, you get another when they win. Derek was always at the podium regardless, so yep. you never really saw him in the locker room. But like, it's just one of those things that you, you think about, like, what kind of person was he to all of these guys inside the locker room? Would, was he that super Derek, or was he regular Derek, or was he just, like, bro Derek? Like, But it was a good thing to see the other side of his personality and how he was talking about uh what's next for him without hating his heart, you know, and saying that, you know, he thinks a lot of people like his brothers have spoken for him and that he was trying to get his own word out, which is that he just knows he needs to move on and take the last nine years, even though it was difficult for him going through that process and that he doesn't know what's next, that he said that he's just kind of um not taking it as, a, I forgot the exact words um that he had, but in so many words, he's not upset in what he said. He said he's just accepting and not trying to be comfortable with this situation he said comfortability is kind of like the enemy and now he knows that he can't be comfortable in what he his role was and that he's got to move on and uh, accept the different bumps that are going to happen along the road so when you hear all of that broken down it was really uh kind of nice to to see how he's dealing with it everybody has their own process if he needs you know Jesus, God, and to preach all about it, to for him to accept and harness and move on and know what he needs to do in his heart. Then I'm all for that. But you know, there's other people have different ways. Like some people go on ESPN and give an interview to Ian Rappaport, You know, but it's like <laughs> other guys want to do it yours. I whatever works for you is my theory. That my you know, but I, I think that he had a lot of good to say, and that in his own kind of trying times, that he's experiencing that with this group and this church that it, you know, he feels comfortable with at this level. Cause that's, he grew up in a church. He always said like his grandfather, I think was a pastor. He's an ordained pastor as well. So it's uh how i think he likes to feel through and work through his issues and you know the yeah. fact that he put it out there for the public to hear was i think good as yeah. well for other people who needed that kind of closure
2: and he went to a christian high school too you got to remember that he went to mm-hmm. a, that that type yeah. of of you know you know school there um did he leave the door open at all slightly open that he could return
1: negative
0: okay Okay. No,
1: yeah. I don't get that at all. Yeah. I think if there's some crazy, crazy, serious situation. Now, remember though, the money becomes guaranteed right after um, February sixteenth. Yeah, it if he's still on to, the it's going so. to tra- be a trade.
2: It's going to be a trade, or in, and again, you know, or, or just wave him and cut him, and the Raiders are going to want yeah. him to get something for him, and then he has the no mm-hmm. trade clause. So it's really not, you know. Remember, he's still a member of the Raiders. I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, he's still on the roster. Yeah. He's still a member, and they're going to, you know. Take their sweet time, and again, I don't see you know Derek Carr is not going to do them any favors if, if they you know trade him somewhere where he doesn't want to go. I mean, he he could veto that. So it'll be I know he wants to be he wants outright release. so it's going to be interesting to see. and you would think that there could come to a to a common agreement here, you know, and uh, who are those conversations, you know, these get having is it is it with Mark Davis? Is it Dave Ziegler? Is it is it uh, Josh McDaniels? Is it all of them together? You know, but again, you know, McDaniels and Ziegler, they have no allegiance to Carr, you know, but but, you know, there's a different relationship with Carr, I think, in Mark.
1: Yeah, I definitely think. There are different relationships going on between the different levels, like you said. Um, I think with in what they're looking at now, the idea is just to get somebody in that knows the system that yeah. can get them to a playoff. And ideally, a win in the playoffs, and ideally even more, a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> so when you hear about the no trade clause, that's always an interesting thing because that gives Carr kind of full autonomy. Over how he directs and drives his ship to where he needs to go, what's next next best for him, Um and that was probably a smart thing by them to do that. But even if you get cut, and the Raiders, I think, would get a dead cap hit of somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven million. I'm not exactly sure. I forgot about uh, the exact number, but I know it's right in that neighborhood. So, and it's not too terrible of a hit uh what they would do uh with, you know, money-wise and how it would affect the cap. So I, I feel like for the Raiders, the best case scenario, if you can't get any good value back for car and that you don't have somebody that's going to willingly inherit the hundred, you know, 20 plus million that remains on that contract, then you're going to have to think about, well, can we just, you know, part, cut our ties and then move on. And I think they have a three day window from the Super Bowl in which to do so um after the Super Bowl, and then they can try to go uh into the next phase of, you know, courting the next uh quarterback, which a lot of people keep buzzing the name Tom Brady around, Jimmy Garoppolo is buzzing around why because they still have con you know connection with yeah. the system. Um and I think that if you have though somebody like Lamar Jackson or the opportunity to get him or what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Of course, I think Rodgers and Brady are both a little on the older side, so you'd only have, you know, a couple of years maybe with them. Do they come? How does it work with their contract? You know, obviously Brady a free agent, but with Aaron Rodgers' case, it's different. So those are things where I think you really have to evaluate what the best option is for you out there. I'm sure a lot of people heard Tom Brady's speech after he played the Cowboys and it didn't sound like he was really hanging around the Buccaneers' right. facility much longer. He was like, yeah, I'm good, peace. <laughs> after that, that Cowboys outing, too, for me, it's like, do these Raiders really, really, really want to invest in Tom Brady after seeing how he took hits, after seeing the performance? There were obviously some misreads on plays, communication routes, things like that. But on the other hand, there's also, I think, a lot of him kind of throwing it into the dirt, tossing it away. I know his offensive line isn't what it was and all of that. I get it. But at the same time, how much of that was just what he has left versus the scenario that he's in. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I'm trying to get a handle on
0: yeah. what
1: exactly he has left. Because there weren't a lot of games that he had with multiple touchdowns that he was throwing. And I get that his offensive line was decimated. But at the same time, you know, it's like if you're putting up all those passing yards, how do you not equate it to touchdowns in the red zone?
2: <laughs> She's Heidi Fang. Catcher, her, Las Vegas She's got videos. She's got TikTok. You got TikTok going? Huh? Yeah, TikTok you out know there? you're playing
1: Los Tucanes de Tijuana. I have, but I never do anything with it. I'm kind of a voyeur until I figure it
2: out. I right, gotcha. All I right. Don't know
1: what to post? What do I TikTok about? I don't dancing don't... to Los Tucanes de Tijuana. That
2: would be good. Or yo, La uh, summarize the the Raiders season with a, uh, a a a lyric, a dance, a song. That's that's your TikTok. That's your TikTok breakout. There it is. Heidi Fang summarizes do do? the Raiders season. I'm dancing like, to La Chona. There you go. <laughs> We're out of here, girl. We appreciate you taking the time and join us. Uh, we will have to do more nonsense with you again very, very soon, okay?
1: You got it. Now, this, was, this
2: was uninterrupted too. It's outstanding. No kids, no yes. no uh, security guards, He's here.
1: patrons. I know. He's out there. I just got him a Mario track to keep racing on. <laughs> Goodbye, girl. We'll see you later. Bye,
2: fang <laughs> right, well, I want to thank her, Steve Berline, Trevor Match. If you part of the show, you know where to go. TC Y la gente le grita,
0: no es mejor que la chona
2: para la quebradita. Y la chona se mueven al ritmo que le toca.